Coming up on this episode, overpaid or underpaid? Going to be going through every contracted Golden State Warrior, their salary specifically for next season, and identify how valuable they are to the franchise. Yes, welcome back to the Golden State with Mates podcast. Before I get into that little exercise, I do have to mention that my thoughts and prayers at the moment are going out to Bronny James. Woke up this morning, obviously in Australia, to a tweet from Shams uh, reporting that Bronny had gone into cardiac arrest during a practice. He's out of ICU in a stable condition, but an absolutely horrific experience for anyone to go through, let alone you know, an 18-year-old kid. And, you know, for me personally, like, I've had um, my my dad and my uncle pass away uh, in a short space of time in the last three months. And so I'm already pretty health conscious at the moment, as it is. But I'll tell you what, when you when you read or hear something um, about this where, you know, it's an 18-year-old kid, it, it really gets you, really hits home to that this can happen to flat out anybody, particularly a young aspiring athlete when it happens to them as well. It's absolutely crazy and it really hits home and and makes you think about your own health, the health of your family and friends and everyone you know kind of thing. Like I know for me, I uh, after I, I got up, I obviously read that and about an hour or so later, I've started going for for runs quite regularly around a dam near my house, and the a lap of the dam is about uh, just over four kilometres, which for those in America is between two and a half and three miles, let's say. And this morning I, I went for a run around the dam, and I passed one person. And while I was running, I actually thought to myself, you know, fresh with the Bronny news in in the back of my mind, I was thinking to myself, what if something happened happened to me right now? And I collapsed or something and something serious happened. I would be screwed because there's no one around me right now. (laughs) And so just thankful, I guess, that, you know, Bronny was at a a team practice. There were people there to be able to look after him. uh, And hopefully he's on the men and and improving each hour as we go along, I guess. I'm sure we'll know more in in the future of time, but... Yeah, it's as I said, it just hits home that you know this can happen to anyone, regardless of what age you are, um, regardless of if you're an aspiring elite athlete or whatnot. It's yeah, it's beyond words, really. So thinking of him and thinking of the James family, that's for sure. The other, the big news, I guess, which you know pales in comparison when we're talking about you know a, a really serious health situation, but Jalen Brown signed a uh, supermax extension with the Boston Celtics. Five years in excess of $300 million. And I'm not going to go on a a 10-minute rant here about whether or not Jalen Brown is worth that kind of money. This is a a warrior-focused podcast. I'm sure other podcasts will will dive into that. All I have to say is that, is Jalen Brown worth that money? Probably not. Did the Celtics, with the way that the salary cap works, with the system that's in place in the NBA, did they have any other choice? Probably not. And that's where I'll leave it. You can, and I think most people probably believe that. Most people probably do believe that Jalen Brown doesn't necessarily deserve all that money. But what else was Boston's alternative here with the way that the salary cap 
is uh, is formatted, I guess. And it really got me thinking about the Warriors and their current payroll situation. Obviously, they've been a luxury tax team for, for quite a few years now. They've put themselves in a position with the, the uh, Jordan Poole, Chris Paul move where they can possibly try and get under the second tax apron next offseason and maybe uh, out of the luxury tax completely within a couple of years, although I do think that's unlikely while Steph Curry is still with the franchise, which should be another few years at least. But it really it got me thinking about who's underpaid, who's overpaid. Obviously, to build a championship team, you need quite a few players or almost all your roster to be playing above their financial value. And so how many overpaid versus underpaid players do the Warriors have? I excluded Brandon Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis off this list purely because you know they're coming into their rookie season, they haven't played, and they're on you know minimal chips. So... It's hard to evaluate where they sit in this whole debate. But I have gone through the other 11. Before I get into it individually, I've got... And look, non-Warrior fans listening to this will probably think I'm being a little bit biased, probably. Um, in fact, a lot, probably. But I do. I have tried to come at this from an, an analytical angle more so... Uh, and, a, and a league-wide angle more so than just, you know, with uh, my Warrior heart, I guess. Uh, so I do have, and I've also, so I've got one neutral player in there who I haven't um, chosen either side. But outside of that, I've tried to make um, an argument for one side or the other. So I do have the 11 players. I've got seven that are underpaid, three that are overpaid, and one that is neutral. So um, instead of ranking these from just a salary perspective, you know, start at the top and work down or, or the other way, I'm going to go and rank these kind of players in terms of how difficult it was for me to decide between overpaid or underpaid. And I'll start with, so I'm, I'm going to be going through the easiest to then the hardest, right? So the easiest one for me and the Warriors, I'll kind of bunch these two together because I think they're two of the most underpaid players in the league. Stephen Curry. And you might laugh, $51.9 million for the 2023-24 season. And bear in mind, I'm doing this just for next season's salary, not anything more. So if you're contracted for multiple years, I'm just taking next season into account. Steph Curry, $51.9 million. When we when we talk about transcendent players, when we talk about a Steph Curry who is a top 15 player of all time, who is a top two point guard of all time, you're not just taking the on-court into account. You have to take the off-court, the marketability that he provides the Warriors, the financial advantage that he provides the Warriors, and that's probably most evident in the value of the team since he arrived or when Joe Lacob took over to what it is estimated to be now. And so not only is he providing the Warriors an invaluable amount from an off-court perspective, I mean, there probably is a value to it, but it would be millions nearing on billions... But you've also got Steph Curry, who I think is still a top three player in the league, in my opinion. And I think a lot of people would hold that opinion as well. I think Jokic deserves to be number one, no doubt about that. And then I think I think I would pick Giannis second and Steph third. And so when you take everything into account, the off-court, the on-court, and also the fact that NBA players, as I said with Jalen Brown, like there is a maximum amount of money that NBA players can make. 
Steph Curry, even at 35 years of age, is still underpaid at $51.6 million for next season. And I still expect him to be one of the best players in the league next season. Obviously, his credentials, his legacy is solidified, but to think about the fact that he is still one of, I think, the most underpaid players in the league from a total package perspective, it's pretty wild to think about and is another point towards his greatness, really. The other warrior who is heavily, heavily underpaid is Kevon Looney. So I actually looked this up for an article earlier today. Kevon Looney is projected to be the 195th highest paid player next season and the 32nd highest paid center next season. That is ridiculous. Now, his three-year $22.5 million contract that he signed last offseason as a free agent, I think we all thought at the time, yeah, that's a really good contract for the Warriors. But the way he performed last regular season and in the playoffs only cemented that further. And just to put it into context, like, unequivocally, this is not with my Warrior hat on. This is just undisputed. Kevon Looney outplayed DeMantis Sabonis across a seven-game playoff series. He just did. There's no doubt about that. DeMantis Sabonis just signed a five-year, $217 million extension with the Sacramento Kings. I'm not saying Kevon Looney is a better player whatsoever than DeMantis Sabonis. DeMantis Sabonis is a far better player. I'm not trying to compare Kevon Looney with anyone that's worth in excess of particularly $200 million, probably anyone in excess of $100 million, although you could say that Kevon Looney uh, would be far more valuable to the Warriors this upcoming season than what Jordan Poole would be or something like that. Not to throw more shade at Jordan Poole. Um, I really, we need to stop talking about him, I think, just as a, a Warrior fan base and anyone involved with the franchise, really. But Kevon Looney is on one of the most team-friendly contracts in the NBA. There is little doubt about that. So they're the top two. The clear underpaid, there's no question marks about it, in my opinion. And then we come to two that are quite clearly overpaid. Clay Thompson, coming into the last year of his five-year contract, making $43.2 million. That's the kind of money that should be saved for guaranteed all-star level players, basically. Now, again, I know that at that time, you were always going to sign Clay to that, no doubt, even coming off the ACL. But the facts also are that Clay Thompson wasn't necessarily too close to being an all-star last season. At least, I mean, it's it's fan-voted, like Clay's always going to get a heap of votes. But in terms of, let's, let's change it to all-NBA, third-team selection. Like, was Clay close to that? Absolutely not. And so if you're not really in the realm of making all NBA third team and you're making $43.2 million, there's a pretty good chance that you are quite overpaid. <laughs> in fact, it's just that's just the fact. You are overpaid. And can Clay get back to being an all-star or, or an uh, all NBA team member next season? I doubt it. Now, can Clay be better next season? Yeah, probably. I think... It, Yes, he's getting old, but he's coming off those those two missed years, two major injuries, and I'd like to think that he's still somewhat on the way back up after coming off those those injuries. Do I think he's going to be an All-NBA team member just 
No, flat out no. And therefore, I love Clay Thompson. He's my favorite warrior of all time, but he's overpaid for next season. And there's going to be plenty of speculation about possible extensions this offseason. And if he doesn't extend, obviously, free agency next, next year, what he could be worth come that point. I do think that Dre's four-year, $100 million contract, which I'll obviously get to in a minute, I think that's a, a good starting point for Clay, which is nearly like nearly half of what he's on now. So that gives you a bit of an idea of, hey, this guy is quite overpaid to the point of one of the most overpaid players in the league. You'd almost make the argument. Not that I want to. <laughs> uh, the other player that's overpaid, Chris Paul. Now, I think he's less overpaid than Clay simply because going to next season, I'd put them on a similar level as players. And CP's making $30.8 million, so he's making nearly $13 million less than Clay. So I think he's less overpaid than Clay. But nonetheless, he's likely to be the Warriors' sixth man. He's likely to probably, well, I think he should only average 25 minutes a game. He's also 38 years old. And so there's a chance that he falls off a cliff here and he's heavily overpaid. But I think even if he he performs at the same level he did last season, which was still a really good player, I do think just the fact that he's coming into a Warrior system where he's going to be relied upon less, he's going to, should play less minutes per game, I do think that's just an overpay um, financially, $30.8 million. There's a clear reason the Warriors did it. They got Chris Paul out of getting rid of a guy that most believe was overpaid in Jordan Poole, who still had four years left on his deal at over $30 million on average per season. So it's an overpay, yes, but it's only one year left of guaranteed money for Chris Paul. All right, let's go back to a couple of more underpaid here. Andrew Wiggins, $24.3 million, clearly underpaid in my opinion. Now, would I like him to get back to the consistency of the 2021-22 season where he played almost every game and then was an absolute beast in the playoffs, was arguably the Warriors' second best player? I would like that. I thought he played well last season, but albeit he only played 37 regular season games. Like, he missed 45 regular season games. And I think that's a good... Like, if you're looking at reasons the Warriors can be much better next season, you're probably pointing to the fact that Andrew Wiggins isn't going to miss 45 games again. He's not going to have that personal issue that he did post-All-Star break. And he's not going to have the couple of injury issues, which we've never seen from him before throughout his entire career until last season. And so... I still think it's a great contract. That was a great extension last offseason, which is quite ironic given for a long time Andrew Wiggins was seen as being one of the most overpaid players in the league until he arrived at the Warriors, brought into his kind of 3 and D role with a, a few more elements in there as well. A, a very good contract for Golden State. There's no doubt about that. One of their newest signings, Dario Saric was the next one for me who I I do think is clearly underpaid. I think if there was a championship contending team out there who had the capacity and the role for him where he could play, you know, at least 15, 20 minutes a game, who also had the financial capacity to offer him six, seven, eight million dollars, then I think there would have been um it would have been hard for the Warriors to be able to get him. 
So to get him on a minimum deal when, look, he, he's coming off $10 million a season. Do I think he's worth that? Probably not. But I do think he's worth, you know, some of the mid-level at, you know, seven, eight per season. And I think that's what he's hoping for. I think he's hoping for, hey, this is a recoup my value year at the Warriors, like what we've seen with Dante DiVincenzo last season, like what we saw with Otto Porter Jr. the year before. And then I go and get my seven or eight million dollars a season. Maybe I go out and sign a three-year, twenty-five million dollar deal or something. Because he's what he's like 29, 30. So he could, if he has a good year, he could go and sign a three-year, twenty-five million dollar deal potentially with a team next offseason. There's a bit of a wait and see on that. There, there is some question marks, and that's why I don't think he's like this is what why he's at this spot for me where he's not higher up the pecking order in terms of the ease of which I've claimed he's underpaid. He definitely is underpaid, but not as much as the players like your Curry and your Looney and your Wiggins. Um, and he's, yeah, a bit more of a, a debate can be had, I guess, around Surridge. So that's where what we're at the halfway mark nearly. That's six players. Well, we're over the halfway mark because given I'm excluding Jackson Davis and, uh, and Pajemski. I've lumped Moody and Kaminga in here together. So I think for the roles that they should play at the Warriors next season, my expectation, and I am really, this, I'm fraught with danger in this because I had expectations for them last season and it didn't go overly well, although Kaminga did have a, a pretty good regular season. It was exciting. $3.9 million for Moody next season. I think he's going to be underpaid. I think he should play at least 15 minutes a game. I think he's going to be better than the majority of vet min guys around the league, although a lot of players have had to sign vet mins with kind of how the CBA is working at the moment where often you've got players that are worth what I'm saying around like Surridge, you know, seven to $10 million and they're having to accept vet mins because teams just don't have any, um, cap space to be able to do anything more than that. But I do expect Moody to be an impactful, valuable player for the Warriors next season. And so I've got him uh, at seventh on the list here. And then Kaminga, $6 million. Look, again, like that's a little bit more, obviously. Like it's only a couple of million. But uh, in this day and age, when you're talking about, as I spoke about before, about the difference between vet mins and mid-level guys kind of thing, Again, I do think Kaminga can be uh, a very impactful player. I do think he can explode up the charts here. And if we look about, if we if we go to next off season, and Kaminga's making seven eight million dollars in his fourth year, I wouldn't be surprised if in twelve months' time I'm making this list again and he is top three on the list because he is that underpaid. Also, twelve months' time he might not be on the team anymore. So there's a bit of a a wild contrast in where Kaminga could head here, um, but I do think he's underpaid. That's that's eight and nine. Sorry, seven and eight on the list. Uh, the player that I've got neutral is Corey Joseph. Minimum deal. I mean, no one. I don't think really cares. You could say for what he's actually done across his past few years, you could argue he's underpaid. Like. I was looking at, again at his stats today. He's played pretty much over 20 minutes a game throughout really his entire career, apart from the first couple of years at the Spurs. And I think he played 19 point something with Detroit last season. And his numbers have actually been somewhat okay. Is he any more than a vet min guy at this point, though? Probably not. 
like I don't think he's in a position like Surich where if he has a good year, like he's he's getting anything more than that. I don't think there's a recoup your value kind of situation going on here. I think it's him specifically wanting to get back to a championship or playoff contending team at the very least, given he hasn't made the playoffs since 2019 with the Pacers. So it's been four seasons now. Two of those were with the Kings, or sorry, one and a half were with the Kings and two and a half with Detroit. So I think it's pretty neutral to me. Like, there's no doubt the Warriors, I think, want to tie Jerome as their third string point guard over Corey Joseph. Jerome signs a two year, five point something million dollar deal with Cleveland. They go to their next best option, which is Joseph. And he could be really important given Steph and CP are 35 and 38 respectively. I think he could play a little bit alongside those guys as well. So I think it's a nice signing, but no one's really doing cartwheels about it, let's be honest. And then these are the, the my, my top two toughest to rank in terms of underpaid or overpaid. Draymond Green, $22.3 million next season. Now, if we were looking at this over the course of the contract, four-year, $100 million, there is an argument to be made that he's overpaid. There is. Because by 36, 37 years of age, he could be getting $25-plus million and playing like a mid-level guy at 7 to $10 million, let's say. But specifically for next season, uh, he's obviously got this contract that starts at 22.3 to, to help out the Warriors' lux- luxury tax situation for next season, and then it goes up across the course of the four years. So specifically for next season, $22.3 million is underpaid, definitely. Now, there are a lot of Draymond haters out there. I know a few myself who would laugh at this and say that he's lucky he got that deal in free agency. But if you look at what other guys got, like Jeremy Grant got five years, 152. Cam Johnson got four years, 109, I believe. I think Draymond is still better than those two players. And so to get him for less than that is good. Yes, those guys are younger, no doubt. Yes, in two years' time, they'll probably be way more valuable than Draymond will be. But I thought he had a really good season last year. And there was talk before free agency that with the Kings opening up their salary room by getting off Rashawn Holmes, there was a chance that maybe the Warriors would have to go closer to 30 or even over $30 million per season to be able to re-sign Dre. So when that came through the first second of agency, four-year 100, I think most Warrior fans were pretty happy with where that ended up. But maybe it's just a Dre thing with how divisive he is, but I know a lot of people would have genuine debates on whether this contract and even him next season on $22.3 million, some people would have a, a long conversation about whether that's overpaid or underpaid. And the last one, this is probably pretty controversial, but I was actually just going through this list and I had a good think about it. Gary Payton second at $8.7 million next season. I do think it's, it's made me think quite a lot. I do think that the genuine love that Dub Nation has for GP2 does probably shade over his real value on the court. Now, I also think that he's great in the Warrior system. So is he worth $8.7 million to the Warriors? Yeah, probably. Is he worth $8.7 million to every team in the league? No, I don't think he is. 
Like, I don't think Portland were too concerned with the fact that GP2 left at the mid-season trade deadline. In fact, I know a lot of Pistons fans on social media who were quite happy to see the back of him, that he got the bag from them and then did really nothing. And obviously, he's had his injury issues, which is probably the biggest question mark here. Like, if he can get back to 2021-22 form um, and have a really consistent uh, year next season, then that's great. That's underpaid. But right now, I think if you just if you take the warrior glasses off, if you talk about what would this guy get on the open market this year, like if he was a free agent right now, I do think it would probably be less than $8.7 million. And therefore, I'm actually ranking him as overpaid. And a lot of Warrior fans would be like, how dare you? What are you thinking? And I, I do get that. But I think analytically, I do believe that we are, as Warrior fans, our genuine love for GP2 maybe uh, overlooks what his actual impact is. Because I look at the Warrior rotation for next season and I think that GP2 is... I think for the Warriors to be back in championship contention, I think he needs to be the ninth rotation piece at a minimum. And so you've obviously got your top five, your starters, you've got Chris Paul, you've got Moses Moody, you've got Jonathan Kaminga. I think Moody and Kaminga need to be just flat out better than Peyton next season for the Warriors to be championship contenders. And that's not necessarily a Peyton thing. That's a, I think Moody and Kaminga can make the leap and need to make the leap. You could also make the argument that if by the end of next season, I'm looking at the stats and Dario Saric has averaged more minutes than Gary Payton II, wouldn't be overly surprised. And that's not, again, that's not a Payton thing. That is more so the Warriors' need for Saric to play some small ball five, their lack of front court options. If Loon or Dre get any injuries, then, then Saric is thrust into a pretty significant role where he could have nights where he's playing 25 minutes maybe. So... I do think that GP2 is the top one on this list that is most hardest to rank whether he is overpaid or underpaid. And if you're listening to this and you want to reply to me, respond to me, call me an idiot, then go for it. That is completely fine. Uh, maybe make your argument as well. Don't just call me an idiot. Make your argument for it. I, like his impact to the Warriors is fantastic. And even even in the playoffs, like he started games four, five, and six against the Lakers, I think. So the Warriors obviously love him. Steve Kerr obviously loves him. He's just a perfect fit at the Warriors. But again, I'm trying to do this across a, a league-wide perspective. Would GP2 get $8.7 million next season? I just don't think so. So I'm going to call him overpaid. We'll leave it there. I'll go back through it again. So uh, Curry, underpaid. Looney, underpaid. Thompson and Paul, overpaid. Wiggins, Surridge, Moody, Kaminga, underpaid. Joseph is just the neutral. Green, underpaid. And Peyton, overpaid. Let me know what you think. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter or threads at POC252. Our YouTube channel, Golden State with Mates. Leave a comment there if you agree or disagree with any of my takes from this episode. And, of course, if you could give us a follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that would be fantastic. Got a couple of guests lined up uh, over the next few episodes, so looking forward to that. Until next time, uh, enjoy the rest of your week.